So hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us here today. I'm your host, Leah Mastin, for Top Industry Professionals Tip International Radio Podcast, where we're here showcasing prestigious top professionals from all industries all over the globe to share their experience and stories of success. My amazing co-host is here with me, and we're so honored to have her as a host of the show. Originally from Namibia, she was crowned Miss Universe in 1992. Please, everyone, welcome Michelle McLean. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Leah. Hi, Steve, our wonderful guest today. When you say 1992, oh my gosh, just leave that out. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, we always have fun here on the show with Tip Radio. And today we have a very special guest joining us from Princeton, New Jersey, who is a best-selling author, global nonprofit leader, and the expert entrepreneur. He is widely known for his expertise in educating young people and inspiring them to achieve their dreams. He is the founder of the Global Nonprofit Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship and has sold millions of books. He will be honored at the International Association of Top Professionals, IOTP, annual awards gala at the Bellagio Hotel for his selection as top author of the year and for the Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh my gosh, everybody, please welcome Steve Mariotti. Hi, Steve. Hi, thank you. Hi, Steve. Welcome. <laughs> Hi, Leah. It's so, great to Steve. be back. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, well, we're excited. So, you know, you've dedicated over 30 years of your life to bring entrepreneurship and business ownership to millions through your both your nonprofit, Nifty, and from your books. Tell me, what first got you started in this industry, and was it always a field you were interested in? Um, my parents were teachers, so I was familiar, but I had a desire to... Um, kind of be a major business person um and um i was a little bit headed in that way i was doing the best i could and in 81 i got mugged um with my girlfriend and uh, in new york city and it wasn't a it was humiliating it wasn't um violent, thank heavens, but I tripped, and they were 13-year-olds, and <laughs> my girlfriend was a, a, a track star and a, uh, you know, big um, physical fitness person, but also very petite and, and feminine, I guess, uh, and she, she chased them off, uh, five of them. And I was very proud of it, but boy, I was embarrassed. And uh, that caused me some problems with um, uh, post uh, flashbacks, post-traumatic stress disorder, which is a huge deal um, globally. It's almost equal in every society. And it's where, I'm sure you've had experience with it, but it's where a thought will capture your your mind percent of your thinking and it's one of the most painful and uh difficult things a person can 
can go through. Right now, as you probably know, our uh, veterans coming home are are committing suicide at 22 a day. It's all from this. They'll have one or two thoughts that dominate their their thinking process. They've made a huge breakthrough, as odd as it sounds, just recently in the last, I think, nine months. But a big issue you can't talk about it. Like me, I was too embarrassed to say my girlfriend saved me, which she did. And it appears that she was better at, you know, fighting and handling herself and saying, get away or beat you up or something. And um, uh, it wouldn't bother me at all now. So don't hesitate. (laughs) But I was fortunate enough. I was friends with this woman named Ayn Rand. Does that name ring a bell? She was an author and um, hugely successful. Sold more books in America last century than any other author. My grandfather was her lawyer. And um, he, he noticed that I was a little bit off. And he said, you... You should go talk to Miss Rand, who's my friend, and I'll call her. And I did. And she then picked up the phone um, and called a guy named Albert Ellis, who is now passed away, but has has did the original work to make all these breakthroughs they're making. On, on solving this post-traumatic stress disorder. And I went went to him, and it, it's basically you change your thinking, and you can change your feelings. And it was just incredible to me. And in one afternoon, I changed the sentences in my brain by writing on the board like a kid, and then from a negative, you are humiliated in front of your uh, smaller, um, non-fighting. I, I was a state champ in wrestling, so I, I always thought I'd be good at that as I got older. And there, a lot of people saw it, and it was very humiliating. And said, I, re- I crossed it off. And I wrote, you were part of an heroic event where five potential thieves were talked into reconsidering what they were doing. No one was injured. And had you not slipped and fallen down, your wonderful girlfriend wouldn't have been enabled to show her strength. And that one event totally um, got me out of out of this obsessive thinking. And I went back to give him a present, Albert Ellis. He's very famous in psychology. And he said, you're not done. This is going to come right back on you, which it does. And I said, no, I, I don't think so. 
And he said, yes, it will. And fortunately, um, my grandfather and his writer friend, Miss Rand, me, you know, put a lot of pressure on me. And I began to teach in March uh, 8, 1981. And, I, and he said, you got to go to a really tough school. And so I went to, at that time, worst school in New York. And I loved it. I couldn't believe it. And I, I had one bad, horrible week. And I couldn't stand it. And I walked outside the classroom. I had 38 kids, uh, special ed. I was supposed to have 10. And they were making fun of me and, and punking me out. And it was embarrassing. And I just couldn't stand it. And I, I, I literally prayed. I said, please help me. It's, it's, I think I can do some good here, but I can't get past the control of the class. And I took off my uh, uh, um, watch and I pretended I was a Hollywood act, actor performer and I walked into the class which is in chaos and I go how much would you pay for this watch like uh, Olivia uh, Olivia uh, you know some great actor and um, that changed everything and that was uh, uh, 41 years ago and for 41 years, that's what I've been working with, is children. And with no fault of their own, are isolated and often end up doing, you know, hurting their own lives, hurting other people's lives. They're tortured inside. And, um, so I've been thinking about how they can become financially successful and find something they love to do. Like I was lucky enough that though. <laughs> and so I, I've had this incredible career. I mean, I, I maybe have had 10 bad days in 40 years. I love it. It's something nice. I can barely wait to to engage. <laughs> Was that helpful? Steve, you know, you've got a repertoire of impressive, impressive uh, accomplishments, including starting as the youngest senior analyst, uh, analyst in a Ford motor car company. So how, how was that for you? And then you went on to teaching in Betsy in South Bronx. I mean, how does that work out in your life? And and why, you know, why did you do this? Uh, I was, from a, two years old, I had a love of the automobile industry. Still do. It's my hobby. And it's one of the great creations in the world. Um, it's, they build 20 million vehicles. And uh, the quality is excellent now. 
the safety is like 30 times better. Um, they have an environment of almost a million people um, are, uh, according to the polls, the internal polls, are, are enjoy their work and would recommend it to their the closest friends. And I was raised in Flint, which is the heart of General Motors. We made, we used to make every Chevrolet and every Buick in the world in Flint. And in World War II, we converted over to military equipment. Uh, and a lot of people credit Flint and Detroit, our competitor, with uh, uh, winning uh, World War II. And at one time, Flint, Michigan, which has had really painful days uh, the last 10 years, but before that, it was the wealthiest city in the world per capita, under a million people. Think of that. Way out in, the, in Michigan, in the middle of Michigan, is this 200,000 people towns tiny and you have to take a bumper uh, airplane to get there it's totally surrounded by these tiny and by um, forests and when I was there for 15 years kid we had 39 factories a mile long I mean, you can't believe it. Everybody had a job. Um, at the end, it was $79 an hour that a person with a high school education could make. And the jobs became more and more interesting. In other words, you become a tool and die person. You make things. You become an electrician and you could fix any issue involving electricity. Um, I think it was 818 different professional positions that you could go in involving thinking, using a tool, making a tool to build something. And uh, I think it was one of the great achievements. So, I was a child of the auto industry. <laughs> and so I, I grew up in it. And I memorized all the um, plants that Chrysler, Ford, and General Motors had. And I knew how many people worked in each plant and what the overhead rate was and what the direct labor costs were in each plant and what the major uh, human resource issues were. So it was like when I was 20, after, after my MBA, and I knew a lot of the upper executives and I knew all this uh, idiot savant stuff. I mean, <laughs> would be coming from the East Coast from real fancy schools and everything. And he trooped me out and I would give a speech on uh, the history of uh, Chevrolet. 
in Detroit, things like that. <laughs> so the, the um, head of finance, number two guy in the company, Lundy, uh, took a liking to me because of my passion. And I sat next to him for, I think, eight and a half months, saw everything. We were in 39 countries and, you know, it was just, just a beautiful experience. But it was too controlling. Have you ever been in a job or a relationship where it, there's too much anxiety because you have to ask for permission to do anything? And I couldn't, after, after three years, I, it just became a bit hard for me, but I loved it. <laughs> so Steve, you're also an author. Oh, um, thank you. And uh, I heard you have a new book coming out. So tell us Ooh. about that. <laughs> I have a, a bestseller out. It's uh, number one five categories on Amazon, which for me is a big, big deal. It's called Goodbye Homeboy. And it's um, uh, a book about my uh, 10 years teaching special education in the South Bronx and how I, I focus on how to start a business, how to start a small business that you can make some money and hopefully grow over time. And you get better at math, reading, writing, and human relations. Um, and, and that was such a happy time in my life. All over my apartment, I had pictures with the young people and the other teachers doing things. And we got a lot of international media because nobody else was doing that. Um, one of my graduates right now, is head of Compass, which is, I think, the largest real estate firm in America right now, if you Google it. And Robert Rifkin, and I'm just so proud of every single one. We've had tragedies, which have been almost unbearable, but every single child that made it through that, that uh, uh, hurdle of pain and all these things these children go through with this human spirit, everyone ended up finding something that made them happy to do. And that's the hardest thing in the world to do. So I'm very proud of that. And then after 10 years, I formed my own school called NIFTY, Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship. We're in 41 countries. We've got an incredible CEO, and um, I semi-retired eight years ago to write. And uh, I have a, a book coming out that I, I like so much. I've written 48 county manuals that I read it over and over again. Mm. I'm so proud to be part of it. Um, my co-author, Deborah Salvo, who's been my one of my best friends and co-authors on over 30 of my 
uh, books, uh, genius uh, a writer and person. And she's also the top guitar player in Manhattan. She's yeah. open in, at ROTC, um, um, you know, down in the village. All the celebrities would come in and she'd open for them. And um, I'm really proud of her. But this well, it's book, quite it's quite fitting to have somebody who's very creative around you oh, because you are so creative. You love writing, but you're also very analytical. And and so so what would you what would your advice be to young people? Because you love young people. So what would your advice be to them starting their own business? Never, never, never compete. Always find what everybody else is doing and then don't do it and sell to them. Wait, 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 wait. One more time. You have to repeat that. (laughs) (laughs) One more time, please. We all need that. Never, never, never compete. Find out what everybody else is doing. Don't do it. And try to sell to them. Uh, you, you, you've spoken. You've spoken to a beauty queen who had to uh, compete. So <laughs> what do you say like, to I sports people? Don't do. Don't you do what they're doing. <laughs> um, but I, I find that work, works for many young people particularly those who have had a difficult time with money or some children don't get a lot of love. It's, it, it, that's the heartbreaking thing I've, I've seen. Um, it also works very well with young people that have um, gone to an incarceration center, gone to jail or prison, mm-hmm. which which under the um, old drug laws in the 90s was, it, it was just horrible. Although it swung so far back the other way, you know, you, you have to have, you have to have a judicial system. Otherwise, it, it's the people that are hurt the most are low-income people. And that's what's happening right now. It, it's, it's a lot of crime mm. against very low, low-income people and people that are defenseless and it's just heartbreaking to me well the work you do is incredible um steve throughout your illustrious career you've won numerous awards honors and featured in magazines worldwide this year you're going to be honored at iotp's annual awards gala at the bellagio Mm -hmm. hotel for your selection as top author of the year and for your selection as a global entrepreneur of the decade and receiving a Lifetime Achievement Award. That is amazing. So um, I know you were also featured on the famous Reuters building in Times Square and were on the Hi. front cover of Tip Magazine. Uh, congratulations on all of that. It's wonderful. Um, so what would you say has been the highlight of your career or the most memorable experience that you've had to date? Uh it, the highlight of my career has has been um, <laughs> it's been my faith. I, 
I've always had a very deep um, belief in God and and it hasn't been that the faith in this situation has helped me, but the faith kept my belief that every human being, no matter what suffering they've been through, which is at times I can't even believe it, but they're able to keep going and and often with no resources, they don't they won't have two dollars and they find their way. And life has a way of evening even things out. And I would always say that. And I, I make them memorize two poems in Victus out of, out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole. I think what of God's may be for my unconquerable soul. And the other one was if. If you, if you remember that. And make them memorize. And then 30 years would go by, I pump into them and they'd come see me or send me an email and they would recite the two points. But uh, you... I. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I thought you, I like it when you guys saw it. It's a beautiful voice. <laughs> No, I was just saying with, with, you know, with all the, you know, busyness that you have and spending time with people and mentoring, do you have any hobbies? I mean, do you do anything like special, different yeah. on your own? I'm so glad you asked. I have two hobbies that I love. Um, one is I collect uh, old and silver coins. And um, and read about them. Yeah. <laughs> literally every day, the book I'm reading today. Oh, okay. he's getting right in there, Leah. All right, let's <laughs> see what we got. <laughs> <laughs> every coin ever created up until now. <clears throat> every coin that's been created till now. I, I'm a huge um, lover of coin collection, gold, gold and silver coins, and um, just love it. And <laughs> I'm in a couple of clubs, one international, where we kind of compete with each other. That's tons of fun. And I'm also, I mean, it's embarrassing to say, but I mean, I love to dance. You love to dance. Oh, what, what kind of dancing do you do? I, I go every Saturday, and sometimes I'll drive an hour and a half to get to a place I've read about. And I eat, and then I dance to four or five in the morning. Are you my kind of guy? You see, no guy stays up until four o'clock in the morning with me. So that's impressive. That's impressive. <laughs> that is impressive. I'm one of the first son of dance floor. 
So I, I have no fear. And so much fun because right after I go on the dance floor, like let's say Cher is playing or Bono or what, what have you, all of a sudden everybody comes and you feel that energy of leadership and that energy that only, for me, only dance is like, uh, it's just like, a, like an artistic sport. Mm. And, you know, Brad Pitt is considering uh, being a professional dancer. Did you know that? No. Yeah. No, Brad Pitt. Oh my Brad goodness. Pitt, who, I, who I met in Cannes Film Festival. <laughs> I go to the film festivals and they're great fun. Okay, well Steve, next time Leah and I and your neck of the woods, we're gonna come and gonna come yeah. and dance with you talk. We're gonna take you we're gonna take you to five in the morning. <laughs> we're gonna really push it. You love it. You love it. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much, Steve, for joining us today. We so enjoy talking with you and learning about yeah. your journey. Me too. Me too. <laughs> thank so you, like Steve. Paul. We'll see thank you soon. You. We will meet again. Yes, we will. <laughs> Thanks for being with us. Leah. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. I have a ball.